We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The CV, CV Report. TPS Report. The CV Report. Give us one word to describe what you're going through right now. Sucky. <laughs> yeah. I know it's just a Nissan Frontier, but in my mind, this thing's an M1 Abrams tank. Honey, take the wheel. I'm going to stick my head out of the sunroof. Look, any self-respecting veteran should grow a beard and have a belly. That's the dumbest thing I've heard all day. Like, if we're going to start getting angry now, it's it's a little late. Is live in D.C. with the update on all of this. Good morning. Maybe. I guess not. The CV Report. All right, first up on today's CV Report, my reporter and colleague, Libby Howe. How are you, young lady? I'm good. How are you, Phil? I'm good. And uh, it's been a while since we've chatted, and I know the vet news never stops. Uh, what stories of interest have you brought us today? So Johnny Bobbitt, the homeless veteran who admitted to conspiring with that New Jersey couple, the GoFundMe scam that raised $400,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was finally sentenced on Friday to five years of probation, and he also agreed to enter a drug treatment program. Right. So we've been following that story for, what, over a year. And finally, one of them has a sentencing. The other two, no sentencing. Um, McClure, who's the girlfriend of the couple, has admitted to certain wrongdoings, but her sentencing date hasn't been set. And then the boyfriend, Damico, D'Amico? D'Amico. Yep. Hasn't even been charged with anything on the federal level. So from the And of the level, three of them... This guy was the only real veteran, right? Like right, he was the one right. who was in the Marine Corps and then Yeah, as far as we know, he was an actual veteran. Yeah. Probation for 5 years, huh? And a drug treatment program. <laughs> yeah. Well, guy doesn't deserve to be behind bars, I don't think, but uh someone needs to come up with some money. That's what I'm saying. They can march all three of them down to the local homeless shelter and uh force them to hand out tens and 20s and they can make YouTube videos about that while the Tears run down their face of giving out all their money. <laughs> they need to give some of that back. All right. What else you got? A legally blind 94-year-old World War II veteran went downhill skiing at the National Disabled Veterans Winter Sports Clinic. Uh, the Navy veteran Warren Heyer was one of 400 veterans with disabilities who participated. And he said he loved the adrenaline and the wind in his face while being guided down the mountain, as well as being able to do something that all the young people do. Oh. That's amazing. Uh, I was looking through the photos that a friend of mine sent me, uh, my friend Jill Atwood, who's a public affairs for the Rocky Mountain region. And uh, the, just the pictures of that alone were just incredible to see. You got guys on like the modified sit skis. You got other guys on ski contraptions that look like it could be a bike. Other guys with just like, you know, the blind skiers all like wore the vest. So the rest of the people on the slopes know, you know, that they were. Yeah, I had a question. I saw that in the picture that it has blind big orange vest that says blind and it's like okay so 
maybe I would have hit this guy before, but now I won't because he's blind. Is that kind of what the idea is there? No. Because no, that's kind of what it seems like. It's like, oh, let's take out this old guy. Oh, wait, he's blind. No, it was more like just if you're making your, you know, if you're carving your turns and you're setting up your line and you see somebody like that, you know that, okay, if I come upon They're him not and I'm making you. a hard right, I don't want to hope this guy sees me. I'm going to just maybe make a hard left instead and give him a wider berth just okay. so you don't ski up in his business. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But it, it reminded me of those baby on board stickers on cars. It's like, oh, you have a baby on board? Now I won't rear in the shit out of your car. <laughs> But no, I guess that makes a little more sense. No. And in fact, those photos are still up. If you just uh, yep. uh, search connectingvets.com keyword adaptive sports, uh, you'll see a whole gallery with like 40 some pictures of that event. So super cool. And then last weekend, uh, we got Snapchat photos that appear to have been taken by a future airman in the third week of basic training surfaced on an Air Force Forum Facebook page. Hmm. And veterans from all branches had a lot of questions and comments about it. What was said photo of? I take it he's in boot camp snapping photos and sharing oh, them she. online? It was a she. Oh. Which I don't know if that really, you expected it would be a male. When I, when I hear uh, Snapchat photos and fuzzy ear filters, I'm like, that was a girl. And it was. It was a female. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was a female taking selfies uh, and Snapchatting them. My questions were, how did these Snapchats end up on a Facebook forum page? One of her friends screwed her over airmen at basic training get certain phone privileges i think it's like the third week or the whatever week they get to make a phone call and since there's so many of them it's easier for them to just use their own phones but they're not supposed to be using it for facebook or snapchat or any of the other social media it's just supposed to be a phone call and one airman took the opportunity to send some cute selfies from basic she's got her hair down she's eating some sort of cookie she's sitting on furniture she's not supposed to be sitting on so was were they racy photos or was it just no she was in pts Oh, you know what? That's how I know y'all's boot camp is easier than every other one in the service. Because she had the opportunity she, to Snapchat. She had a friggin' cell phone with her yeah. in no other boot camp. I don't even think the Navy would allow you to have that in your locker. I, I mean, think like, they're supposed to be locked up, like away from access, and then they get them, but I don't really know. And then there were, there, was so, there were thousands of comments on that post about what they could do and what they couldn't do and how the Air Force was so soft. So yeah. a lot of questions and comments came out of that. And they already had a pretty tough nickname known as the Chair Force, but I'm telling you, fuzzy-eared cell phone selfies certainly doesn't help harden their rep. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've at least brought a smile to my face. Good. Great. That was my goal, Phil. Always. All right. Next up on the CV Report, my California colleague, Kayla Jackson, U.S. Army National Guard. How are you? I'm doing good, Phil. How are you? Really good. Now, I understand you have a story that is uh, the DOD's attempt to keep us from arguing or something like that. Is, is, is it even possible in the military? I don't know. You know, you've got people from all over the world with different <laughs> views, different colors, different backgrounds. But I guess I guess they just would like us to watch sports instead. That's what AFES is telling us. Well, tell me about uh, how this is all going down. Yeah, so uh, last week I heard about a memo that was sent out through the Army and Air Force Exchange that we know, you know, your PX, you can go on base and, and get all your goodies, your food, your clothing, grab a bite to eat. Um, and they sent out uh, some guidance that basically um, heavily suggested that they would prefer all the TVs in common areas like food courts and within the shops uh, to play sports uh, rather than politics because it is divisive in nature, which I find interesting. <laughs> 
So, uh, no Fox News, no CNN, no MSNBC, uh, even your local news networks, I imagine, between, what, 4 and 7 p.m. Uh, let's go over to ESPN and watch some sports highlights. Yeah, basically. I talked to um, uh, Chris Ward, the senior public affairs manager for The Exchange, and he basically said um, that it's really, you know, uh, if a TV is on CNN, you know, somebody's going to make a comment. He says if a TV is on Fox News, somebody's going to make a comment. Really, more than anything, it's just kind of reminding the stores of their options. So he repeated again, once again, this is guidance, heavily suggested, of course. Did he ever say that there were incidents or there were fights or arguments like breaking out over the uh, salad bar or in the produce aisle, you know? Meh! I hate Hillary. Here's a cucumber, idiot. I mean, were there fights breaking out in the store? Not that he uh, talked about specifically. You know, I asked him, has this kind of been an ongoing thing? And he said, no. You know, uh, people, he gets complaints every now and then, um, which I guess is a regular thing to do. And it's really about appeasing the shoppers. Um, And so my question, of course, was to, you know, him, do you think you're going to get complaints about if you're showing ESPN, if you're showing, you know, like Fox Sports? Because, like, people... I like to think that people are very passionate about politics and equally passionate about sports. <laughs> and uh, he said, no, he's never actually had any complaints about sports specifically, but he wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. However, he did. He did say uh, that he doesn't think that it gets quite as heated as political commentary, which I kind of I have a differing opinion on. that. <laughs> No, and as you should. I mean, I think maybe sports seems like it's less divisive because at the end of the day, there is like a numeric answer. You know, the champion is the one that wins the most games and the championship, you know. But if that's your sports team, you're going to you're going to fight to the death. I, you know, I've been to some Florida State versus UF games and there have been some fights when we won. There have still been fights after the game is over. So. All right, go Gators. Oh my God! Don't do that. <laughs> don't make me leave on that. Now, our next guest on the CV report is from the George W. Bush Presidential Library and Museum, and more than just Bush's legacy in the form of a museum, the Bush Center really lives and breathes supporting veterans. And here to talk with us about it is Casey Kelly. She's the director of the Bush Center's Military Service Initiative. How are you, Casey? Hi, good morning, Phil. I'm well. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad. And first, before we even get into the cool things, because there's the Warrior Wellness Alliance that we want to talk about, and that's where you guys are actually doing stuff for veterans, and we can quantify it and talk about what it actually is. And then you get some, dare I say, weird, kind of cool-sounding thing with social media and my Fitbit that is is somehow going to help veterans, and we're going to get into that next. But before we start any of it, I want to know, working at the Bush Center down there in Texas, your boss got to be so cool. And I say that because as we chatted over coffee, um, knowing that he was there on day one of our war against terrorism, I'll never forget him standing there in the rubble, the flag kind of hanging off some like uh, twisted piece of steel in the background. And, 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 and he says, you know, for all of you that have been hurt by this, we hear you. As we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens, I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... 
us soon. I know in his heart that moment for any president is huge when like something bad happens to your country, but like to know you're starting war. Man, he gets supporting veterans in a way no one does. How does he feel when he comes into the office? Is he just this like flash of inspiration like I felt that day? Well, that's exactly right, Phil. You know, the Bush Institute, we uh, work to engage communities in the United States and around the world by developing leaders, advancing policy and taking action. And that action piece could not be more present than in our military service initiative, which mm-hmm. is where I, I reside in, in the Institute. And President Bush said, you know, I, I don't want another think tank. I want to do tank. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with the military service initiative. How, is that is that kind of how he said it, too? Like, exactly. I don't want to think tank. I want to do tank. I want to do tank. Exactly. <laughs> that's um, awesome. And so one of the things that we're doing is really look to see everything that we can do with the platform that we have and the passion that President and Mrs. Bush have in continuing to support post 9-11 military families as they transition into civilian life. Wonderful. Well, let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit first about how it's going down. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that a presidential memorial library and organization does. There's policy arms and there's training for different kinds of young leaders and people considering maybe, you know, launches into politics and such. But but what you speak of when you talk about the Warrior Wellness Alliance is none of that. It's just straight how veterans, most notably the post 9-11 generation, the GWAP men and women, can get help for a variety of things. Um, Talk to me about how the rubber meets the road there. What do y'all actually do to make a difference in vets' lives? Sure. So the overarching goal of the Warrior Wellness Alliance is to connect more veterans to effective, high-quality mental health care for the invisible wounds of war when they need it. Now, Hmm. while we recognize that the large majority of veterans return back to um, the United States and go on to live fulfilling lives as leaders in our communities, as assets and and, um, corporate institutions Mm -hmm. and as political leaders, um, there there are some that that need support and need um, to seek help for uh, mental health care. And through the Alliance, we are working to actually connect them with the most effective care in the country. The United States is so um, compassionate and has really accepted the, stood up and accepted the call to action to support our military families so there's been tons of nonprofits that have been stood up um, to try to address some of the needs that our veterans have. And what that's done is create a fairly confusing landscape to navigate. Um, I mean, there's several healthcare systems that support veterans with the VA and the military health system. Oh, yeah. As yeah. well as the nonprofit sector. Um, unfortunately, while many of those organizations are well intended um, or well intentioned, um, the, the quality just isn't there. And mm. we also know that when veterans have an experience with mental health care that isn't positive, they're less likely to seek care in the future. Um, so we're working mm. to make sure that when they do reach out for help, the help that they receive is best in class. Wow. So it's kind of like looking at a menu in a diner, right? I mean, like you ever go to those diners that have like a thousand things on the menu and you're like, I just, I don't even know what I want for lunch. I mean, there's just so many things here. I can't even choose when vets who might be looking at maybe getting some help with their headspace, look at this galaxy of organizations. There's just too damn many. Like they don't know which way to go. Private, VA, XYZ charity, nonprofit, horseback riding somewhere in Nebraska. I mean, like, Exactly. And, and what we've done at the Bush Institute is recognize 
the the value of the high quality peer to peer networks that have also been stood up to support post nine eleven veterans. So one of the the unique aspects of the alliance is it really marries those high performing peer to peer networks such as Team Red White and Blue and Team Rubicon and the Mission Continues and connects them with these high performing clinical care more traditional mental health programs. That's cool. So you empower or how does the Bush Institute, how does, how does President Bush's organization, how do you guys empower, say, Team Rubicon or Team Red, White and Blue or Student Veterans of America? Do you help them then bring more veterans into their program or do you help like guide them, acquire new yeah. New family members? So we have three different priorities um, in really operationalizing this concept, right? Like this okay. sounds really great in in practice and in, in philosophy, but like in practice, what is exactly does it what exactly does it look like? And so we've we've taken on three priorities. So one is how do we know and better understand our customers through two different data projects? Okay. Um, how do we really look at our complete clinical care system that exists across the VA, across the high-performing nonprofits, et cetera, that are delivering high-quality care? And then what does the pipeline look like for referral from a peer network to a clinical care provider, but also from a clinical care provider back to those peer networks um, for continued support when they return back to their communities? Hmm. So um, I can talk about the the two data projects that we're taking on. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you, you made a perfect example. One of the ways that we are doing this is to help our peer networks better understand their membership um, so that they can then recognize and feel empowered when they see someone struggling to make that referral for them. And the other big data project that we have taken on is this Warriors Connect project that is the social media project that you referenced. We can go into a little bit of detail later. Yeah, uh, and, and just real quick, on the tail end of the Warrior Wellness Alliance, also wanted to just talk about the other side of it real quick. Mm -hmm. Now, while we got the peer-to-peer -peer networks and you're helping them with the data and helping them identify who's in their population, maybe getting more people involved in their population, right? Like, hey, more students should be in the Student Veterans of America. Uh, more students or more vets should be joining things like Team Rubicon. But then you're also marrying them with the care providers. And that's why we wanted to say, obviously, the VA is the biggest one and i real familiar with the thousands of programs and all the things that the VA does. But there's a couple here I didn't know much about. And the Cohen Veterans Network is one that works outside of the footprint of the VA. And by pairing these peer-to-peer -peer networks with healthcare providers, like the Cohen Network, does it make it more likely that like Lance Corporal Joe in like Lincoln, Nebraska, out there in the sticks is able to get some benefits or able to engage in some programs that he might not normally be able to know about through just his local hospital or his regional VA? So we know that only about 50% of veterans actually get their care in the VA, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to bring in some of the nonprofit uh, high-performing mm. organizations. Um, and you're exactly right. Like we, we also know that um, the Cohen Veteran Network, as well as the Wounded Warrior Project's Warrior Care Network, have been stood up to fill in gaps where VA um, is not available or there's maybe um, um, not enough slots that they have sure. available uh, to, to address the needs in that community. Um, we also know that sometimes veterans prefer to get their care in the community as opposed to at the VA. Yeah. And so really looking at how do we comprehensively provide a range of services along a continuum care 
um, to meet veterans where they are. Very cool. All right, now let's talk about this project that I found kind of interesting because in trying to connect the groups and the care providers together and make sure the veterans are all getting hooked up and that, you know, their headspace is, is, is thriving and that they're doing better. Uh, you've got this other kind of project called Warriors Connect Research Project. And what I've learned of it is that uh, it involves my social media page and my Fitbit. And I'm afraid that you'd be, you know, either embarrassed, I would be embarrassed or you might find both of them laughable because the things I post on Facebook are kind of funny and the amount of steps I take in a day might make uh, you laugh and my health care provider cringe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's exactly the point. Um, so when we look at the amount of information that is available on social media compared to the amount of information that is available by going in to see the doctor, you think about it, you see the doctor maybe once, once or twice a year, mm -hmm. right? And all of that information, at least in the mental health space, is, is self-report. Um, whereas when you're on social media every day or twice a week or five times a day, depending on the user, you're much more authentic. And oh, even yeah. if you're not specifically talking about health and well-being, there's a lot to be understood about what your interests are, where you're going to find health-related information, as an example, and what organizations you're finding support from. Um, and so the, the power of the social media and research and, and fitness tracker um, project is really through the volumes of information that is available that we can look at in an aggregate to better understand our customer base. How do we better understand veterans in a much more segmented way um, so that we can figure out how to get them the right care at the right time in the right place? All right, let me put this in hypothetical examples, and we'll use my laughable self here uh, as your case study. But, I mean, are you telling me that you can combine or you can monitor closely enough my social media feed to know that, like, I just posted yesterday about the four-pound, eight-layer cardiac burger I had at, you know, death by barbecue. And then you know that, you know, I frequently post about my love of Jim Beam, and there's a lot of pictures of me with, like, bottles and such. And you notice that I've only taken about seven steps in the last two days. So uh, are, are you then going to like make some sort of action based on that and say, you know, um, Team Rubicon, your guy, Phil, in uh, the D.C. area, he's not doing so good. He's eating like crap and he's posting up, you know, really, you know, disturbing jokes. Not exactly. The science isn't that precise yet. But what we are trying to do is to help Team Rubicon understand who, which types of veterans are more likely to benefit from the programs that they're running hmm. um, and which types of veterans are more likely to benefit from the types of programs that Team Red, White and Blue are running so that then we can be much more precise and um, in how we develop our outreach programming as well as our resource programming to meet those types of veterans where they are. And as a veteran, I could help this initiative by joining you and saying, hey, check my silly, funny Facebook feed, uh, you know, yeah. replete with daddy shark videos and the things I do with my kids. And then also share with you my fitness information like that is something I can do as a well-adjusted vet, maybe to help yeah. the greater good. So or what's exciting about this project for me is I constantly get asked, Casey, what can I do to help? How can I be helpful? You know, yeah. let's see some of my buddies struggling. And this is something that everyone can do. What we're asking through Warriors Connect is we're asking for folks to donate, to opt in 
um, their social media and fitness tracker information across seven different platforms. And so if you go to our website where the Warriors Connect project resides at ourdatahelps.org, you will have the ability to read all about it, learn a little bit more, and then decide if you want to connect your Facebook page or you want to connect your Instagram or your Twitter or you want to connect all of them. Um, and then you can join us in this effort of finding innovative solutions for military families around, around the country. Amazing. And amazing to think we live in a digital world in a generation where what we don't even know we're doing can actually be helpful. The data we're just openly sharing, uh, you know, it's not all going to be used by Google to just sell me cars and crap. Um, you can glean from what I'm posting things that might help generate profiles of veterans so that people can somehow reach the services that they really need. And when it comes to the mental health space, I know it's critical that we do find ways to reach out to people because they don't always reach out to us. Exactly. You know, the Bush Institute was brilliant. I, 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 I was brilliant in recognizing that when we come to finding solutions for our most um, challenging mental health needs, we've got to stop getting, we've got to get beyond the mindset of asking veterans to come to us and go to them. Mm -hmm. And through the Alliance, our peer networks represent over a million post 9-11 veterans. And that's the mindset. How, how do we empower these peer networks and veterans who are leaders within them uh, to really understand how to connect their buddies when they're struggling um, and how to navigate to the best in class mental health care providers around the country. Very cool. You're working with some really cool groups, Casey. You've working with some brilliant service care providers. And along the way, you're doing some amazing things for the veterans that have, you know, given us their all and you're giving your all back. Uh, not surprising. It comes from a place like the President Bush Center. Casey Kelly, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Phil. And if folks want to learn more, please visit us at bushcenter.org slash A. Bushcenter.org slash A. And also, I'll share with you one more time uh, to participate in the social media Fitbit kind of study here uh, that we spoke of. Go to warriorsconnect.ourdatahelps.org. Thank you very much, Casey. Thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.